welcome to Easy Easy Bake Bake Takes, Takes, the podcast, where we read you the one-star reviews of your favorite movies and more. My name's Kat. And I'm Riley. And today, we're facing off the theme of movies we will watch with our mom. I picked The Birdcage. This movie came out in 1996. It's rated R. It's an hour and 57 minutes. It was directed by Mike Nichols. The writers are Jean Poiré. He wrote the play for this. And then... Francis Verba, he wrote an earlier screenplay, and Edward Molinero. Uh, they they were credited for writers. It stars Robin Williams as Armand Goldman, Gene Hackman, Nathan Lane, Diane West, Dan Futterman. Weist. Is it Weist? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, because it, yeah. So it's like a full cast. Mm-hmm. A quick description is a, a gay cabaret owner and his drag queen companion agree to put up a false straight front so that their son could introduce them to his fiance's right wing moralistic parents. This movie is actually a remake, which I only found out while researching this movie. <laughs> There's a 1978. It's French, so I'm going to do my best to... Whatever the French word is for bird kitsch. <laughs> yeah. La cage au full. Look, yeah, you got it. You said it. I don't know if that's right. I don't know French pronunciations. I don't either. And I had, I've never seen it too. So I, I don't, I can't attest to anything about it. Yeah. So a lot of people prefer the original, okay. but I love, I love the remake. Should I go ahead and read the plot? Go ahead. Yep. Armand Goldman is the openly gay owner of a drag club in South Beach called The Birdcage. His life partner, Albert, plays Starina, the star attraction of the club. They live together in an apartment above the birdcage with Agador, their housekeeper who aspires to be in Albert's drag show. One day, Armand's son, Val, who resulted from Armand's drunken one-night stand with a woman named Catherine, comes home to announce that he has been seeing a young woman named Barbara, who he intends to marry. Although unhappy about the news, Armand agrees to support Val. Unfortunately, Barbara's parents are the ultra-conservative Republican Senator Kevin Keeley and his wife, Louise. Kevin co-founder of a conservative group called the Coalition for Moral Order, becomes embroiled in a political scandal when the group's co-founder and Kevin's fellow senator is found dead in the bed of an underage prostitute. Louise and Barbara convince Kevin that a visit to meet the family of his daughter's fiance would be the perfect way to stave off bad press. So they set off for South Beach. Barbara shares news of her father's plan to vow to cover the Goldman's truth. She has told her parents that Armand is straight and a cultural attache to Greece. Armand dislikes the idea of being forced into the closet, but agrees to play along, enlisting the help of friends and club employees to redecorate the family's apartment to more closely resemble a traditional household. <laughs> Val and Armand attempt to get Albert out of the house, but when they fail, Albert suggests that he will pose as Val's straight uncle. Armand contacts Catherine. Catherine explains the situation. She promises to come to the party and pretend to be his wife. Armand then tries to coach Albert on how to be straight but albert's flamboyant nature makes the task difficult when albert realizes his plan will not fool anyone he takes offense and locks himself in his room the keelys arrive at the goldmans who are calling themselves coleman for the evening to hide their jewish heritage redecorated apartment they are gr- greeted by agador who's attempting to pass as a greek butler named spartacus for the night <laughs> unfortunately catherine gets caught in traffic and the keelys begin wondering where miss coleman is Suddenly, Albert enters, dressed in style as a conservative middle-aged woman. Armand, Val, and Barbara are nervous, but Kevin and Louise are taken in by this disguise. Despite the success of the evening, there's no success of the evening. <laughs> not whatsoever. It lasts for like five minutes. Uh, yeah. And then they see the plates. <laughs> 
Trouble begins when the senator's chauffeur betrays him to two tabloid journalists, Harry Vadman and his photographer, who have been ho- hoping for a scoop on the coalition story, follow the Keeleys to South Beach. While they research the barricade, they also remove a note that Armand has left on the door, informing Catherine not to come upstairs. When she arrives, she unknowingly reveals the deceptions, leading Val to confess to the scheme and finally identify Albert as his true parent. Kevin is initially confused by the situation, but Louise informs him of the truth and scolds him for being more concerned with his career than his family's happiness. When attempting to leave, he is ambushed by the paparazzi, can't outside to take his picture. Albert then realizes there is a way for the family to escape without being recognized. <laughs> he dresses them in drag and they use the apartment's back entrance to sneak into the birdcage where... By dancing to We Are Family, they make their way out of the nightclub without incident. Robert and Val are married in an interfaith service that both families attend. I have never seen a service where they're like, we'll have a priest and a rabbi. <laughs> I love it because it reminds me of the up wedding where his side mm-hmm. is horribly like sad. <laughs> the other side yes. is just happy. and They're shooting guns. <laughs> That's what it kind of reminds me of. It kind of flipped in that mm-hmm. way. And I, I don't know. I just yeah. kind of love it. This is really, really random, but it reminds me of Kronk's New Groove. I don't know if you've ever have you seen Kronk's New Groove. Yeah, they get married at the end, don't they? They do, but not that part. But Albert coming in dressed as Mrs. Coleman. Yeah. There's a part where literally like everybody who Kronk is friends with pretends to be his wife and all come in dressed as like pretending to be his wife. Yeah. Okay, so I guess they're doing that bit, you know? Yeah. I figured it was like a reference to that after watching. I mean it had to be. I don't know what else I mean, it's kinda really similar but mm-hmm. oh cool i i forgot all about that that's so cute <laughs> should i go into trivia or should we go into let's do trivia mike nicholas required that nathan lane and robin williams filmed at least one good take of each scene sticking to the script before he would allow them to improvise something both actors are known for robin williams was originally cast as albert but he wanted to change from flamboyant characters also, with his character dressing in drag, the film would have basically been a repeat of William's earlier film, Stoutfire. True. Thus, he asked to be cast as Armand after Steve Martin, who was originally cast as Armand, dropped out. Mike Nichols agreed and recast him. I'm so glad that happened because <laughs> the movie would not be the same. Yeah, really, though. It's nice. See- it's always nice seeing him play the straight man and like, no, no pun intended, <laughs> but like... <laughs> Like playing a character straight instead yeah. of being the like flamboyant character because he does well on both. Yeah, that's the thing. He is so good as the character he plays in this movie. He it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite characters he's mm-hmm. plays. Um, because he's still hilarious. That's that's the oh, yeah. that's the goal, the gold of it, you know. Robin Williams slip and fall during the shrimp scene was not planned. Williams really fell and he, Hank Azaria, and Dan Butterman are holding back laughter. I love that because it's so obvious, but it's so good. There's no way they couldn't couldn't have um put that in the movie. But that's like so Robin Williams to just commit to the bit, <laughs> yes. you know? Like he's such that person that's like, I'm not giving up on this yet. <laughs> like we're going, <laughs> we're going. We're not wasting film. This one's so freaking random. I just found it absurdly hilarious. Uh-huh. Director Paul Thomas Anderson has said that the movie is th- that this movie is one of the two films that without fail or question will make me stop dead in my tracks and watch all the way to the very end no matter what else is happening or needs to get done mm-hmm. other film is Stanley Kubrick's The Shining okay but I get what he means he's not wrong <laughs> he's not wrong I'm not saying he's wrong the, oh The Shining's on I'm gonna watch I, it I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick up where wherever it's at and and with that, like, this was literally, the, like, this is why I picked that movie. I mean, anytime me and my mom were watching TV and we saw that the birdcage was on, we would just 
watch at whatever point it was on. Always finding a way to connect them. Yeah. Yeah. Beaches was always that movie where it's like, it's on, I'm watching it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. The next one, Mike Nichols had to be covered by Sound Blanket during the toast scene because he was laughing too too loud. That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie, so I completely understand. Like I couldn't I couldn't imagine. Oh well, actually, you know what? Never mind. I was about to say I couldn't imagine like filming a comedy, like it being the director or being on set. But uh-huh. after a while the jokes aren't funny anymore because I've done things with jokes in them. That's the thing. Yeah. But with Robin Williams? I don't know. Well, like and like it said in that one fact of like Mike Nichols was like this do a perfect scene scripted and then we'll do a few more scenes where you guys just go fucking crazy yeah. <laughs> and yeah. i bet those are the scenes where you're you're laughing your ass off it's because you're dying because yeah. robin williams giving you like a completely different angle every single time exactly and i love that <laughs> i i just love that so much yeah that is great in the scene when gene hackman is on the ladder he gives the peace sign as a reference to richard nixon hackman was on nixon's enemies list back in the 1970s <laughs> And then this last one is Breakthrough Movie Role of American Broadway. Uh, this was the breakthrough movie role of American okay. Broadway's actor, Nathan Lane. First screen role. Yeah. Uh, well, we can talk about what we thought about the movie. Okay. I had no idea what this movie was about. I knew it was like a drag bar was included mm-hmm. in the movie. I just thought it was way more about the club. I didn't. I had no idea it was like his son is getting married and he has to play straight. Yeah. But I, I do like that they show him like being offended by his son asking him to do it in the first place. Because at one point when he's like, um, his son comes in and is like, thank you for doing this. He's like, don't talk to me for a while. Yeah. That's completely justified. Your son is asking you to hide who you are and you've already had to do that at some point in your life and you like are going to have to do it again. And it's probably really traumatizing <laughs> to like have to do that again. And like so hurtful of your own child. To ask. To ask and almost in a way like kind of showing you that they're ashamed of you yeah like that's kind of what that's how I mean that's, that's how, how I would feel. feel yeah of course and like I feel like most parents they probably think that anytime their kid asks them to stop doing something <laughs> exactly the girl should be embarrassed by her family is the yeah, thing they don't have the Val doesn't have the embarrassing family she does. Yeah, it's Barbara. It's yeah. Barbara. And I did, I liked the um, the way that her family was portrayed, a caricatureness of like her family too. Oh, yeah. To where it's like balanced, I guess. Yeah, everything's ex- kind of exaggerated in this movie. Yeah, so it's like everything's exaggerated. It's not like they're just exaggerating one thing. It's like yeah, the nature of the movie is like mm-hmm. large. Exactly. And, and I understand if people like do view it as like, as like other oh, caricatures or their yeah. offensive stereotypes. It's another thing of the times, but it's really not the worst of the worst that could have happened for this movie, like stereotype wise. Right. Especially if you view it as like, they're just, they're extremes of characters. They're extremes on both sides of the spectrum of things. In, in my opinion, I think at the end of the day, I think if you view it like that, it's still really, f- it's fun. Yeah. It's a comedy. So yeah. That's the most I'm probably just going to say. <laughs> yeah. I also wrote, I'll probably cut this out unless your mom would love to hear this, but uh-huh. I, your mom is Alfred. Leave it in. <laughs> She's going to love it. <laughs> Leave it in. <laughs> your mother is Alfred. And I see the bits of him that you got from her, oh. if that makes sense too. You're you're very dramatic sometimes. We're both very, very dramatic. Very flamboyant people. And I love it. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't want anything less. I pierced the toast. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> Anytime I see my mother. One of us is saying that at some point. That yeah. is, that This movie is just so quotable. Yeah, yeah. Dozen quotes. <laughs> Howdy, man. <laughs> <laughs>
my, one that like made me laugh really hard just from the beginning was like rob like uh alfred's like complaining about himself mm-hmm. and <laughs> robin williams like i made you short <laughs> like, <laughs> i made you short <laughs> My mom uh, quotes that as well. But in your case, she probably she probably did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the other quote I loved was, "He's probably driving back to me Miami at twenty miles per hour with the parking brake on right now." That's that's my mother. That's yes, my mother. Literally. That's my mother. That woman cannot drive. Nope. <laughs> she hasn't in over two years now. Well, she lives in the city. She doesn't need to. Oh, no. She, no. <laughs> she got your father, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or an Uber. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. But no, absolutely. And yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And then, wait, scroll back up. There was uh, one other actor, the one that plays the um the housekeeper. <laughs> Hank Azaria. Yes, I love him. I love him, too. I love it that he he's giving albert pills and (laughs) armand is like what are you giving him and he goes i'm just scratching off the a and the s of an aspect (laughs) right after that he's like it works so well for me you're a genius (laughs) (laughs) i love that so much i love that there's so many good gems there are in this movie and that's why i love it it's just such a this is one of those movies where i watch with my mom it's just laugh after laugh after laugh of just yeah. just the funniest bits of dialogue and i love it i think it's great but yeah he did he was so great in this movie but yeah it's like similar to two Wong fu where there's like some straight people playing gay people yeah mm-hmm. but they they treated the characters well and yeah. i don't feel like you know it kind of makes me feel the same way like bernie like jack black playing bernie it didn't feel like it felt like if anyone was going to play those characters i'm glad it was that person because they're treating the character with respect exactly and i exactly Mm -hmm. i'm not a gay man so i can't say definitively Mm -hmm. if this representation is okay right exactly and that's at the end of the day that's what i'm trying to say like i understand him yeah we'll get that out now so we don't keep repeating ourselves further down yeah exactly critics that i pick like they talk about that stuff and so yeah i feel like robin was i guess after doing this i mean like he was like an ally like a pretty strong ally i feel like because i'm trying to think of other examples here, I'll look it up real quick. I don't know if he was a member, but he was an advocate for GLAD. Yes. And he was an LGBT activist and he was an ally. And okay. he, I think he also helped, I think he helped out with the Trevor Project. And if you don't know what that is, that's for teen suicide prevention within the LGBT community. Mm. So. There you go. When I was looking up researching this movie, people had their opinions. And of course, that's that's perfectly fine. And I understand that it's valid. Mm. But overwhelmingly, people love this movie, you know? So yeah. even though it might not be as politically correct as yeah yeah what were your thoughts my thoughts okay well this was one of my favorites to watch with my mother is one of my favorites to watch with my mother and this is like it may watching it makes your mother make more sense right i got your mother before but like i really get her now well it's just so funny that you nathan lane is my mother i picked up on yeah (laughs) yeah my mother immediately highly dramatic literally five seconds in of just being like don't look at me (laughs) exactly to me this movie is reminds me of home i i just think it's also just just a really funny movie for the dialogue it has and Mm -hmm. the jokes it has like i pierced the toast it's silly Mm -hmm. there's so many silly things in this movie and there's like serious things this movie and it it gets sad at some point yeah I read a comment, someone was like, I want Albert to get a hug from someone. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, he gets treated horribly in this movie. He does. And it's so sad. Yeah. And it's it's uh, one of those things where it's, like, the too much person getting treated like they're too much. And it's just, like... And it's sad. 
bad. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they just, somebody needs to pay attention to this person. Exactly. There was one other thing I thought of before we move on or before you finish up. It has nothing to do with what we were just talking about. The funny quotable things. Like my new, my new favorite thing from watching this movie is one of the people who's helping redecorate holding up a, <laughs> a taxidermy deer head and going, too butch? <laughs> I love it too. It's it's just fantastic. I love it. I do hate the son in this movie. First time I watched this movie, I was like, I want him dead. <laughs> I hate him. I hate his fiance. The actors who both play those characters, I forgot her name, but she's nearly 30. And the guy who plays Val is 28. So they're late 20s. I mean, they didn't look like, I don't know. I have no idea what 30 looks like, but that's a conversation <laughs> for another day. I have no gauge to what 40 looks like, but I know it doesn't look 20. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look 17 for how old she is. Yeah, I hate, I really do hate the son and the mm-hmm. his fiance in those movies. I think it's fair. Like, besides the conservative parents, they are the worst characters in the movie. Yeah, they're not very helpful. They're not helpful. They're the whole reason why this thing is happening. They're just being shitty <laughs> to Albert and Armand. Yeah. And the whole situation could have been avoided if they were both just honest, too. Is that it? Yeah. Uh, did you have anything else that you, you felt? I know I probably do, but I'll mention it later. I can move on to the critic reviews. Okay. Richard Probst, he wrote a review for this. He gave it three out of four stars and he gave it like a B rating. So he liked it. Okay. This is his whole little review of it. While the film occasionally drifts into stereotypes, they are typically rather harmless and Williams and Lane play off of each other perfectly. They are convincing as a couple that cares, that bickers, and that ultimately protects each other. Lane, in particular, is reminiscent of more than a few drag queens I've known in my life. No silly, not in that way. His words. (laughs) (laughs) They are supported in their escapades by hilarious Hank Hazaria as their manservant. Hackman and Weist play the perfect uptight parents and the closing scenes are a hilarious close to the film. The script is lacking at times with uneven pacing and definitely lacking in character development, as well as noticeable with Futterman's role, which often plays as lifeless, pointless, and too directly opposite from both his mother and mother to be truly believable. Yet, inherent flaws aside, Birdcage is often funny despite not really aging that well. The chemistry of Lane and Williams helps to create two memorable characters whose relationship, efforts to protect their son, and efforts to appear straight are downright hilarious at times. While not quite up to the stage production the film adaptation of the birdcage is definitely worth a video rental i i did forget at some points but like that make it makes sense alfred's a drag queen like it, it makes sense for the dramatics mm-hmm. and like the personality mm-hmm. i don't know why i forgot that i guess it's just because there's only short periods of <laughs> him in drag you wish he, he was in it more you know like there was more there was more season yeah. well you at the beginning saying like i thought it was just going to be about the club that would have made it an interesting movie as well with yeah. just Robin and Nathan Lane. That also would have been hilarious. Because that's what I assume because it's called the birdcage and the club's called the birdcage. Mm-hmm. But I know that like the term the birdcage has more meaning to it than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do agree. I guess the fact of the son being lifeless, mm-hmm. I understand why you don't like his character as much. It just doesn't really seem like he's doing much but i understand that the other characters are doing a lot but there's a way to keep up with that and be this this 100 character that's playing it straight but he's just like too vanilla for this movie he really is <laughs> and it must be hard when you're competing against the other four <laughs> in this movie okay 
I also do agree that it's a little uneven. Mm-hmm. The pacing is a little uneven because there's parts that a little, a few parts that drag because it's it's a two hour movie. There's parts where it could have been sped up or yeah, I agree. I agree. It it is a little. I don't know movies that are this theatrical and like big. I'm okay with it going off on little tangents. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Oh yeah, that's totally fair. But yeah, and I like how he mentions like you know, does it age well? Not not. Not fully. Not most of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like it aged back in some of it. Yeah, a little. I I understand what he means by that though. But I think if you if you like the parts of like I don't know I don't know where I was gonna go with that. It, it seem it seems like the consensus here with uh, Richard at least is like the the rest of the movie at least the Robin Williams and Nathan Lane really help you to like see past those things mm-hmm. and it's redeeming otherwise mm-hmm. people who watch this movie are already comfortable with the LGBT community exactly the, oh yeah the other thing about this too I didn't see anything negative written about it in like a horrible conservative way you know or a homophobic way yeah they wouldn't watch this movie yeah that's the thing They're, this is not this is not on the radar they're not going to spend the time to watch this movie yeah I was worried about that when you picked this i was like i knew you wouldn't pick those reviews oh, but i was yeah. worried that yeah it's like we, we got terrible ones with fucking jaws you know we didn't even include oh my god i have reported it was just i'm like this can't be on the internet but no this is a pleasant surprise mm-hmm. yeah i didn't see anything ugly like that so it was good it was good, good. yeah mm-hmm. i think that kind of supports my point a little bit with mm-hmm. like i don't think the people who are watching this movie are gonna pick up the harmful stereotypes and run with them exactly exactly so this next one by edward guthman this is written back in 1996 when the movie came out okay they wonder why there needed to be a remake they call it a glossy miscalculation they said the story isn't updated or changed in any way it's just the same story being recycled they say robert is miscasted because his best roles are when he's unhinged not sedated like he is in the movie he didn't want to do that exactly he didn't want to though he plays warm-hearted scenes well unlike nathan lane Lane is a stage veteran and his performance consequently is big, brassy, and annoying as if he were playing to the folks in the top balcony. He's a clown, but he lacks the essential quality of all great clowns, pathos, and a beating heart beneath the mask. You just described drag queens. (laughs) And like, I mean that in the most loving way as someone who absorbs drag queen media. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you don't get it. That's all. (laughs) You don't get what a drag queen is. (laughs) The message of the cage remains the same in the birdcage. Be who you are and don't feel ashamed. And it's worth repeating. Too bad the birdcage doesn't find a new way of framing it and delivers neither the last nor the heart of the original. I haven't seen the original, so I cannot attest to what it is like or how it compares. But I think it's really unfair to, I mean, I mean, kind of tore apart Robin and Nathan. And yeah, those are the best parts of the movie, in my opinion. My thing, though, is like, I understand there are a lot of movies where it's like originally like a foreign movie mm-hmm. and it's remade in English or like in an American way. A lot of times, there isn't a lot of things that are changed because it's literally just making a movie in English. So I don't think that this movie had to change a whole lot because it's literally, it's a play and it's already been made a movie. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's like, I feel like this person would be upset if the movie changed too much. There isn't much they could have done to make them happy. They're going to complain about it anyway. You can't please anyone. You might as well just remake the original in English, you know? Exactly. I didn't know there was a French version. I didn't know it was a play, but that I also just like hadn't seen this movie. I've seen this movie for years. I only just found out that this is based off another movie and play. Yeah. Well, there you go. I think it's really unfair that they said Lane is a stage veteran of his performance as if he were playing in the folks of the top balcony Broadway actor. So I understand how it's a different style. 
they're different styles of acting. So like, of course, his character is going to be <laughs> what his character is. It's literally his first screen appearance. Yeah, this was his debut. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I feel like at a certain point, it comes down to, is this what the director wanted him to do? Yeah. Because the director could have fixed that. The director could have given him notes to like bring it back a little. I think it works for his character. Mm -hmm. His character is the most over-the-top one. The drama, everything. I think it just makes sense for the character. Yeah. Specifically have a, a Broadway actor playing this character makes sense. Oh, 100%. Exactly. And that, that's my point. So it's like, it's like, I think you... I just don't think this person got it. They did get it. The French are very understated too. So I, the character probably wasn't played that big. Yeah. That's the other thing too. Like... And I just, I enjoy Nathan Lane. I'm sorry. I love Nathan Lane. <laughs> I love Nathan Lane in this movie. It's Timon. <laughs> exactly. Don't disrespect Timon. <laughs> Don't you do that? <laughs> exactly. I, I have to say the Robin thing is Robin is great in this movie. Yeah. Yes, we know him best as unhinged in a lot of his movies, but he also is really great toned down. This is also another thing where if he played Alfred, I feel like people would be like, oh, he's just doing what he knows best. He's not trying to challenge himself. Yeah, exactly. When literally some of my favorite movies that he's in is when he's an understated character. Yes. Yes. This person just doesn't seem like they get either of these actors. Yeah, that's and that's that's the part that maybe like I don't agree at all. Yeah. The next one, this was written by SplicedWire.com. I didn't get the author's name. This person says the movie is too politically correct and says it's flavorless because of it. it, it from what I summed up. I don't know the <laughs> the sexuality of this person. <laughs> but Trixie and Katya do this thing with Netflix where it's like queens who love to watch and they'll just like watch a Netflix show and like just roast it. Oh yeah. Netflix literally pays them to do it. I love that. Sometimes they'll watch stuff that's like specifically like a gay mm -hmm. show or like something gay related. And they're like, the most gay person thing to do is to have our representation and tear it to shreds. <laughs> so that's what that makes me think. It's like, um, it was, it was too politically correct. <laughs> I, I have no clue. So I, I'm not, and I'm not going to guess. I don't know. But just as that example from, <laughs> yeah, I don't know their sexuality, but that sounds like a comment. But <laughs> would come out of Trixie or Katia's mouth. Just be like, it was too politically correct. I hated it. It could have been worse. <laughs> they could have gone way farther. <laughs> they said uh, Michael Nichols was like tiptoeing around production because he didn't want the production heads to cancel the movie because of making it too racy or something. I don't know. Yeah. You, they want the movie made, so they're not going to do those things. Like they have to, you have to abide by the studio at a certain point because it's your movie's not going to get fucking made. <laughs> exactly. Says there's a handful of funny scenes due to the credit of Nathan Lane's character, but most of them are like cliches. So like even the funny parts to them were like he, they knew they were cliches or whatever. Okay. And they labeled the physical comedy of Nathan Lane. Okay. That they said that was the funniest parts, which I didn't really get. I, I guess like being a larger than life character, mm -hmm. there is more like physical gestures that are being made and like the, there's more dramatics in his movement. Yeah. So maybe that's what they mean. But like, I feel like it's always coupled with something being said. Yeah. Maybe reaction acting or reacting or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or just, I guess, yeah. But I don't think that's the funniest part of it. I think it definitely adds a lot to it. Yeah, of course. They said Williams was, was a good anchor for the story compared to Nathan Lane's character. Yeah, and I, I agree. Yeah, I think so too. Like, that's like his purpose in the movie. Yeah. Is to be the anchor. He's the straight man. Yeah, the straight man. Thanks for saying the obvious <laughs> person. Congrats, you, you understood the movie. <laughs> 
And they quote, the problem here is what they have to work with. The script is dry and dull, following almost scene for scene, it's 1978 inspiration. Snippets of plot and laughter come here and there, but without any consistency. The characters are more like caricatures, and we don't know anything about them beyond what is obvious from their first moments on screen. Says the young couple, uh, they say the young couple are the least interesting characters. I do agree with that. In the end, the birdcage is about gayish physical comedy, which might have been enough had we not seen it all before so many times. And there, John Ritter on Three's Company comes immediately to mind. Says the ending is worth it to see Gene Hackman in drag. Hmm. So yeah, that was their opinions. I don't agree with a lot of it. I do agree that the couple are the least interesting characters. That is just that's a given yeah with the two the couple the young couple Mm -hmm. like there's a way to be the like the the quote-unquote like calm people or whatever Mm -hmm. in a situation and still be interesting i think they're just so faded into the background yeah i don't know if it's like writing or if it's just i think it's both i i don't i think i don't think there was a possible way because of the writing for them to even pop whatsoever they're literally used as like just pieces for the plot, you know? Yeah, they seem like they're in the wrong movie the <laughs> yeah. whole time. I wandered to the wrong set. <laughs> the last one, this is Roger Ebert. I've been using him a lot lately. Um, he wrote a review and this was back in 1996 as well. I think he's passed. Oh. Recent, in recent times. Oh, that's sad. But so he's very prolific. So if you ever see something from RogerEbert.com that's not by him, it's because like other critics write on his website. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. He wrote one for The Birdcage. I give it a three out of four. Okay. The Birdcage isn't about plot. It's about character and about the twisted logic of screwball comedy in which everybody acts the craziest just when you're trying to make the most sense. Okay. Which I think sums up the comedy of the movie itself. Yeah. It's it's wild. It's extreme. Mm-hmm. What makes Mike Nichols' version more than just a retread is good casting in the key roles and a wicked screenplay by Elaine May, who keeps the original story but adds little zingers here and there. Says the casting is great and what really makes the movie, says Gene Hackman and Diane we gave him the most laughs. Elaine May was mentioned a bunch about helping with writing the screenplay, but I never saw her credited for it. Probably helped out. That That's... It's weird. Yeah. It sounds like not a lot of rewriting was done. It was just she probably added things to it so they yeah. could give her like a full screenwriting credit mm-hmm. because she didn't change the script. She just added things. Yeah. But I think she probably just translated it to like in a like local localized it. She probably localized it mm-hmm. to be like American. Right. But that deserves a credit. It it does though. I'm really like because I saw her name pop up a bunch of times. So I'm a little, little maybe I missed it. That could have been my problem too. I mean, it's not surprising if she wasn't yeah. credited because that, that happens sometimes where people just aren't <laughs> listed on it as helping at all. Yeah. Apparently she had a big, like, apparently just a, a significant part in it, so. It sounds like, yeah. Yeah, because I kept saying her name. I was like, who is this person? <laughs> oh, I did include their full review, but I did want to say that the Mazzy twins gave us a 9 out of 10. <laughs> but I'll give you a little snippet of what they said. They said the dialogue is sensational, the cast is perfect, the directing is sharp by celebrated film- filmmaker Mike Nichols, the music is snazzy, and the film concludes quite cleverly. So they really liked this movie. It, it's so odd what they'll what they'll hate and what they'll love. It's off the wall. It's off the wall. It's you can usually pinpoint it by the decade. <laughs> oh, this is the guy that did the graduate. Mike Nichols? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That makes sense because I feel like the the uh, Mazzy twins love that movie. Yeah, that makes that makes that make a little more sense. But I just I, I needed to look that up because I was like, there has to be a movie that makes them like him. Yeah, this is yeah. 
but they love this movie so mm -hmm. just a little shout out to them his style of directing makes sense now that i know he's done he did the, the graduate mm -hmm. like that makes a lot more sense with how this movie like flows because it the, the graduate the plot doesn't really matter either does it the graduate's weird that movie you think it's going in one direction and it doesn't at least mm -hmm. i that's how i viewed it i was like where is this going <laughs> like i did it's... not know where this movie was going and then it ended <laughs> like i could tell you exactly what happens but when you watch it it doesn't feel like it it's like a fever dream almost like it is you're like am i where are we going why do they keep playing the same three simon and garfunkel songs <laughs> i watched that in a college class and oh my god I there's nothing too. better than watching an old movie like that and people busting out laughing during the like, mm -hmm. him turning off the lights when he's about to sleep with Miss Robinson and that song plays, the room lost their minds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it is, it's com it's comedically funny. That's a funny, like, little fucking bit, you know? Yeah. Audience reviews? <laughs> Audience reviews. All right, we're going to start with a 10 out of 10. It's a perfect movie, they say. It's June 7th, 2022. Oh, wait, before we go on to the audience reviews, I did want to mention, because we got our first person yeah. to message us with movie suggestions. Yeah. Shout out to Nikki. Yes. Nikki gave us so many mm. uh, from a bunch of years, a bunch of movies I love, a bunch of movies I didn't even think about doing. So thank you so much, Nikki, mm. for messaging us with a bunch of movie suggestions and also requesting a birthday movie request too. We'll keep that in mind for next year around the time of your birthday. So thank you so much. I will make it, I will put it on the calendar. So I, yeah. we will do it. We will absolutely mm -hmm. do it. Thank you so yes. much. But yes, so th thank you, Nikki. And if anyone else has been like, maybe I'll give, I'll send a request. Maybe I won't. Just send us one. Do it. We can't hurt anything. We love we love ideas yeah we're not running we're not running out but like <laughs> give us direction yeah so thank you so much nikki thank you audience reviews perfect movie this is a 10 on 10 pick a genre think of your favorite movie in the genre in comedy this is it for me the over-the-top performances of the actors in this movie happen to be exactly what the movie needed the movie is a cartoon of over-the-top characters which will have you belly laughing all night long don't drink any liquids while listening to Nathan Lane or The Houseboy. <laughs> Robin sets up the other actors' lines perfectly. The perfect amount of disdain and anxiousness. If the actors <laughs> did not believably pull off the parts, the laughs would not be as strong. Every part is study and betrayed to draw you into the fantasy with every cell in your body. I can't say any more because pulling on different favorite lines would spoil your own viewing. So I must end the review here. Although I would love to discuss lines like, you're not a woman, Pirin. I don't know what that one is. And yes, it's sludge. Enough. Enjoy. Call the kids. Get the popcorn and beer or soda ready. That's cute. I liked that one. Yeah. People who like this movie just get it. They get you it. Just, like, <laughs> you just, it's like, it's not, it's not a hard movie to get, but some people just don't get it apparently. Yeah. Apparently from what we saw. And, yeah. You know, and that's, that's fine. You don't have to. Mm -hmm. This is a one out of 10 though. This was in November, 2020. Plotting pace, slow, an hour too long. What do you want it to be an hour you long? You want it to be 57 minutes? Okay. <laughs> I didn't think the French original deserves all the acclaim it got. Predictable. Each character a one-note stereotype with laughs obtained because each stereotype performs according to to type. How enlightened. Then we have this film, a true step down in every regard. Robin Williams played the role oh so seriously. Nathan Lane, the opposite. All for laughs. The kid they raised was a ponderous boar and his fiancée spoiled child. For excellent drag, watch the Milton Burrell show or head to an actual bar or cabaret where men in, in witchy drag really know how to entertain. This film was the other kind of major drag. I will say I agree with them that like if you want to see... Yeah drag drag go to go to your local drag yeah, bar exactly and 
go to a show Mm -hmm. because that's the only way to really experience it like not even fucking drag race will give you the actual (laughs) like what drag is thing Mm -hmm. do agree with them there i also like that they pointed out nathan lane and robin williams are such fun parents Mm -hmm. their kids boring but also that's not uncommon that isn't uncommon your parents are very flamboyant you're either going to tone down or you're going to match the energy Mm -hmm. it's just it's just what happens exactly so it's not it's not insane to imagine that their kids like that Mm -hmm. and his fiance is a spoiled brat Oh yeah, I hate her. I know they didn't. They didn't say brat, but I said brat. <laughs> There's nothing redeemable about the fiance. I, I really just no. do not like her. You don't get to know her. You don't. Well, you don't. And like, I know people complain about that, but it's like I don't know. I kind of want to hate her. <laughs> She's the reason why they're doing this. Just let me hate let her. I hate her. <laughs> I thought it was just stupid when they said Nathan Lane, the opposite, all for laughs. Yeah, it's a comedy. He's supposed to be funny. <laughs> that's that's the bit. <laughs> yeah, they they make good points about like the drag in the real world. Exactly, and you should support your local drag artists. Exactly, exactly. Go do that. This next one is one out of ten. Born in January two thousand ten. Don't waste your time. Go watch the original. Watching this movie after seeing the French original is like reading Wikipedia summary after reading Romeo and Juliet. Romeo's and Armand is the only actor who is playing his role somewhat close to satisfactory. He can't quite match the charm and manners of Hugo Tangna though but nathan lane as albert is a disaster you can clearly see that he is a man occasionally trying to play a gay person oh yeah you're right he wasn't out yet was he not but this is in 2010 he was out by then he was way out by then like he had to be <laughs> so i don't know i don't maybe this person missed that this news that news article i guess so yeah because i don't really get that comment it's all in the makeup and even that does not always help when he is rehearsing a song, you can't tell he's gay at all. Again, I don't know. I don't know. Has this person met a gay person before? That and like, do you know anything about Nathan Lane other than when this movie came out? What? Yeah, I'm really confused. I'm really, I was confused by this as well. Yeah. But if you look at Michelle Sorrell's original performance, it's nothing short of outstanding. Every movement, every expression tells you that he's a woman in man's body. Basically, a witty script and superb actors play make me watch the 1978 Lacage Le- Le- au original over and over, while bland adaptation with weak acting of The Birdcage spoils the brilliant script. I have no clue what was the point in making this remake. Replace French lawmaker with a senator? Just go get the original. Then you can watch this remake and see if you agree with me. I know this is 2010, so things have, mindsets have changed. And mm-hmm. do they think that every drag queen feels as though they're a man, a woman trapped in a man's body? Because yeah, there are some trans drag queens who through drag have realized their trans identity more. Yeah. But not every drag queen feels that way. No. Do they think every gay man feels that way? I did not know what they meant by that. I was still confused about it. I, I understand like Nathan Lane's character didn't give me that. It didn't, it didn't like, I know there was the joke where it's like, you're not a woman. He's like, <gasps> you bastard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess maybe they wanted that feeling more. They wanted the feeling of like questioning transness from the character <laughs> with the way they say it. Exactly. And, and I did not know what they were meaning at all. They keep mentioning the original again. Yeah. Cannot attest to what they're talking about when they mean by that so so this next one is four stars on letterbox who's written six days ago unbelievably funny this is the first time i've seen it and there's 10 to 15 quotable i've been repeating to myself since the main cast are absolutely exceptional and hysterical this one deserves a bit more attention and modern reflection purely from a comedic standpoint also nathan lane clearly steals the show but i was blown away by robin williams proving again that he was a truly great actor why? Because he easily could have turned on the classic Robin Williams comedy, but instead he toned it down to play off of Nathan Lane in an absolutely brilliant way. 
it's funnier for it. I know Robin knew that as well. This will be a rewatched often. That's kind of what I was feeling with the Robin Williams part where it's like, it takes a lot of skill and knowledge of being the other side too. And like knowing how to, to set things up for that person too. Not saying that he did the heavy lifting, like Nathan Lane clearly brought a lot Yes, <laughs> you without the chemistry like wouldn't have worked as well. And I think Robin Williams is just so talented. That's the thing; it shows his talent. Was oh, don't look at me. <laughs> You're not allowed to pick a Robin Williams movie for a long time. That's fair. That's fair. There's no stars. If my child did this to me, I would disown them. Same. Yeah, five stars. What the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> Yes. Yes. That's how I felt after watching, but I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> I would have watched that. I would have watched that now, knowing that's like, it's got the same premise going on. I need to watch it. This is five stars. I pierce a toast, does not pay any monthly rent in my brain. That's for certain. <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> there was so much hate for the for the son there was so much hate for him this is just one of a few and i just collected the way they say it sounds like you saying this <laughs> no i i've definitely said this this might have been me who wrote it this was four stars i would just kill the son my god <laughs> written on 9 11 Wait, just wait. Hold on. Uh, this next one is one out of ten stars. Written in May two thousand two. Two words. Bad movie. From what I remember of the original, even though the characters are unbelievable, they aren't that annoying. In this film, everyone is unpleasant. But Dan Fatterman's Val wins the honor as being one of the most unpleasant characters I have ever seen. Why anyone would put up with his petulant demands is beyond me. I know that there wouldn't be much of a movie otherwise, but in the French film, I don't remember the son being that much of a baby. The film itself is an exercise of predictability. I'm a fan of farce, but when it is this labored and unfunny, it can become tiresome. I have never quite got Mike Nichols' film, so that may have something to do with it. And I think that Robin Williams is vastly overrated as an actor. I think that also has a lot to do with the fact that I don't like this film. You know, at least, like I said before, I do love a person that can admit it. This wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. I hate that, like, Robin did get, like, people were critiquing a little bit of his acting like a lot of people who even people who hated the movie were like but robin's face has to get it but there were yeah. people out there who were like oh yeah i don't understand robin's character at all i'm like that to me it's just like can you grow and realize that he's not just one thing yeah yeah he's not just the genie he's not and he's so good as a straight man he really is yeah this next one is five stars the main thing i had forgotten about this movie since i last saw it was how useless and annoying the son is like why is he like that anyways apart from that i adore this movie completely and the ending is the best thing to ever exist mm -hmm. one out of ten extremely overrated in 2000 Comedy is one of my favorite formats, and I have a wide range of tastes in that genre. I don't believe you. I watched this film. <laughs> I watched this film because of the actors involved and because of all the rage made about the film. I found this film to be boring, very unclever, and full of too much tired old shit. I kept shaking my head, wondering when something creative and funny was going to happen. By the end, I figured that the film wasn't glorified because it was a good movie, but because of its message. Whatever. Couldn't they have done that with good writing and new ideas? Yawn. I don't think this person um, understands stands comedy i love how they told us at the beginning though you should never do that cat you don't understand they have a very wide range of tastes in generous never show your hands like that because i'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> call it out gonna take it away <laughs> these people are boring and that's what i was thinking i'm like and i think that person's oh my god <laughs> I 
will still laugh. Okay. I will still laugh. All right, we're going to get there. Hold on. We have five stars. There are millions of things I love about the birdcage, but the thing that gets me every single time is Diane Weiss' delivery of somebody has to like me best. Brilliant. And I do. I love that <laughs> quote. She's fantastic. But here's the crown jewel of all the fucking reviews. Three and a half stars for this. So they still liked it. And they said, September 8th, 2022. The queen died while I was watching this. <laughs> I just love the significance of that. Like, Where were you when the queen died? <laughs> I was watching the birdcage. I just love it. it is the, well, I don't want to talk too much about that because I don't know how. No, I will. Sh- I've been publicly shitting on her. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's, it's fine too. It's not something I'm going to regret later. <laughs> If there's anyone out there who's like, it's in poor taste, get out of here. No, no, that's <laughs> the whole thing. I, I do not understand. And then I hope if anyone out there who's listening is Irish, please drink some water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please do. This is the official last 10 out of 10 one. Okay. One of the most human comedies I've ever seen is written in 2007. What makes this movie so wonderful is how good a job Robin Williams and Nathan Lane do as portraying loving, dedicated parents. Aside from the amazing soundtrack and the fun antics, it is their sheer goodness as human beings that stays through your head for a long time. A fun thing to do is compare this movie to Lacage aux Foles and see how different characters are interpreted differently. The sun in the birdcage is much, much, the sun in the birdcage is a much more complex character than the one in Lacage, and a lot of the movie is about him accepting his identity. The daughter, on the other hand, is much more of a three-dimensional character in Lakash. The other nice thing about this movie is the un- is that unlike in the original, you end up liking the girl's parents to some extent. They actually do have a lot in common with the heroes. That isn't true in Lakash, where the girl's, fa- girl's father seems to be almost sinister. I mean, the dad in this one's not great. No. He gets in drag. That's a big step. Exactly. exactly. Like, they're comically funny. It doesn't make up for who they are and what they believe in but they have funny lines you know i wouldn't have dinner with them no (laughs) i wouldn't hang out with them (laughs) for character's sake in the movie and the dialogue they have like yes they're funny they're likable in the way of like yeah they're awful people but they say funny things like you know what i'm trying to say like yeah they're not likable yeah they're just i think exaggerated in a way that it's like far enough removed from reality to where it's okay that they're a little funny and exactly um if you had to rate it what would you rate it i think i would give it a seven out of ten that's good because it's entertaining like paul thomas anderson said actually (laughs) yeah if this in the future if this movie's on i'll I'll watch it and i I get that Mm -hmm. about you i'm gonna go with an eight eight okay this this is a sentimental movie for me uh, I watch it with my mom all the time. This is one of our favorite movies to like quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's not a perfect movie, but it has a lot of a lot to offer. Yes, a lot a lot of great things in it. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to say before we? No, I think I've said everything. Okay, like you heard before. We had Nikki send us a movie suggestion. Mm-hmm. You don't just have to send us movie suggestions on Instagram. You can also send us any complaints. Mm-hmm. Just anything you want to tell us, honestly. Or if you have a meme of a movie we've done that you think is funny, send it to us. Yeah. We'll probably like it. Mm-hmm. But our Instagram <laughs> DMs are open at Easy Bake Takes. Um, we also sometimes post clips of our show on TikTok, also at Easy Bake Takes. And there is a transcript for every episode available on our website, easybaketakespodcast.com. And... Don't forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. It really helps us out. And thank you so much for listening. My name's Kat. And I'm Riley. This has been Easy Big Takes. Easy watching out there. Bye. Bye. Bye.